You ready? I'm ready. Hello, my name is Alex Thomas. My name is Gianna Malazzo. And together, we are Abroad. Abroad. We are sat in the same room today. We have turned off all of the fans. <laughs> it is 91 degrees in New York City. So, that's, that's <laughs> our situation. Heat, there we go. There we go. In, in season. She's in the heat. <laughs> right now. Oh, so today what are we going to be talking about, Jenna? So, we've got a whole dump dump of ideas. <laughs> Want to talk a little bit about big dick, big, big dick energy. Big dick. Big dick energy. <laughs> Want to talk a little bit about big dick energy. Big <laughs> <laughs> I told you we're in heat. I'm actually already instantly sweating. We turned on. Oh, the, I have a spot. Off off the literally three seconds ago, and I, I had have, a you, I you sweat dripping down, down my sweat dripping oh. down my face. When tears me down your face, want to talk a little bit about the internet sensation of big dick energy, and also we just attended an awesome David Bowie exhibit yesterday at the Brooklyn Museum. So we want to talk a little bit about. What those two things might have in common. David Bowie definitely has big dick energy. Yes, he does. So, for me, I suppose a catalyst for this sort of subject of uh, gender roles and what that necessarily means. Um, a place for me where this sort of topic arose in itself. That makes no sense. You know what I mean, though. Um, so, I was watching a few weeks ago a sort of mini documentary series. Now, I don't know if you guys are clued into Facebook Watch which is basically Facebook's version of YouTube. And recently they've got a few famous people to start up shows, I think, to sort of launch Facebook Watch. And one of them is Amanda Knox, who was the woman who was wrongly imprisoned in Italy. She's American. Was she wrongly imprisoned? Well. Still to me. <laughs> well, the Italian court says that well, yeah. she didn't murder M- Meredith Kircher. Um, hmm. But yeah, so um, she has a show and basically it's in conjunction with Broadly, which is the sort of more feminist-leaning or feminist-focused side of Vice. And these episodes are like 10 minutes long, and she interviews people who have been like sort of vilified for their sexuality and their femininity within the press, which I think is super-duper interesting. I think there's about six episodes up right now, and they all sort of bring their own little thing to them. But the one that I suppose really spoke to me is the one with Anita Sarkeesian, who she ran a YouTube series, series, series called Miss Frequency, where she talked about basic feminist theories and applying them to women in games and how Gamergate came about and stuff. Anyway, so all these things definitely connect. Right, um, absolutely. Why don't we just talk a little bit about big dick energy. If anybody out there is like, I keep hearing about big dick energy, what is big dick energy? I've got the Urban Dictionary top definition ready and raring to go. So, big dick, big dick, you've got me doing it now. Big dick. Big dick energy um, is defined as confidence without cockiness. It is never misplaced and it cannot be simulated. It is the sexual equivalent of writing a check for 10k knowing you've got it in the bank account. So basically, it's knowing you've got it or knowing you don't. Knowing uh, you've got it. Okay, interesting. I would also extend that to knowing you don't don't have it because I oh, feel okay. like it's about confidence. Okay, no. So that's what big dick. So about is. confidence, not necessarily linked to penises, s- penis size directly. Um, I read a really good 
Vox article about how, you know, it's still kind of feeding into this uh, trajectory of toxic masculinity by just talking about dicks in relation to power or being alpha. Being alpha. Um, but anyway, we wanted to play a little game. First of all, let me talk about Alice's big dick, big dick, big dick energy. <laughs> Uh, yesterday, I just moved into a new apartment in Brooklyn, just down the street from where I was before, and I had this dream of putting up these bookshelves in my room. I moved into a smaller room, trying to maximize my space. Hashtag, where are you, Bobby, from Queer Eye? I need your help. <laughs> Hit me up. Anyway, I bought these shelves. Literally, no idea how to fucking put them up. A lot of, lot of terminology thrown around that I was not exposed Wall to. Anchors, Wall anchors. Wall Drywalls. Drywall detectors. Um, wooden. Uh, leveler. Yeah. Oh, uh, spirit level. Spirit level. No, I don't know what. This is a different language to me. So anyway, Alice really fucking stepped up to the plate. Just got in there. Literally, I need to get out the Guinness Book of World Records for <laughs> how fast you can screw in a wall anchor. Is that it? It yeah, is. Yeah, because it she was just having a go. I think I had to question, you know, who hurt her in the last week <laughs> because she had really just went in there. Anyway, big dick energy coming from her. Vibes galore from that handyman work. Handy woman work. Thank you. But anyway, yeah, so we wanted to play a little game to kick us off about who has more big dick dead. Big dick energy. We can't. We can't <laughs> parents I can't unsee what I've now seen. I can't undo what I've now. Right. Done. Okay. So I've come up with three. So it's like an either or. So who has? So in some of these cases, in fact, in all of these cases, I think they have an amount of big dick energy. But the question is, who has more big dick energy? So I've come up with three sort of couples and people who often can be related to each other. So I want you to tell me. Got Who do you think has got more big dick energy out of the two of them? You audience, can play along at home Yeah, as well. audience, feel free to phone in and Eddie's. There we go, dearabroadabroad at gmail.com. Um, right, so couple number one. Who has more wick dick? Sorry. <laughs> wick dick. Who's got more BDE? Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? Ah, oh, such a hot debate. I mean, I guess I have to go with Cardi. She's super oh. hot right now. She's the hottest right now. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't. I you going Cardi? This uh, immediate gut reaction is Cardi. Okay, dope. I got couple number two, Jesse Lacey or Adam Lazara. Oh, ooh. Okay, so this is ooh. Okay, I, I have to because they. Both I want to say Jesse Lacey, but I don't want to say Jesse Lacey because I think his big deck energy is actually toxic masculinity. So the thing is, is what I found was interesting about these two is. I feel like Jesse Lacey has... I mean, we're getting into factions of BDE right now. Mm-hmm. I think he has more, like, quiet confidence. He doesn't have to overexert himself. He just right. has it. Whatever right. it is, he has it. Whereas Adam Lazar is a lot more charismatic yes. than Jesse right. Lacey. He's a lot, lot more forthcoming. Right, like, I'll follow, I'll follow Adam Lazar into war. I'm not following... <laughs> I'm not following Jesse Lacey into war. So you go to Adam so Lazar then? Adam Lazar. Okay, there we go. And then last but certainly not least, Alice Thomas, Gianna Malazzo. Oh! <laughs> I have to go with you. Really? After what you did last night. Yeah, I don't think I have big dick energy. Well, I think I have a minimal big dick energy, but... Um, I think you, you've got big you dick energy. I-, I think your big dick energy comes in bouts. You're okay. like... Because even last night, right? So that we had a real thing. Like all of a sudden, we're like, "Let's just do this now!" And fucking I was like, "Drill I, these holes in the wall." And I fed off the big D, big D. Oh, we can't fucking say it. I'm so sorry, guys. 
<laughs> it's really warm in this room. It's really and I'm working myself up into a sweat. Yeah. But I feel like we fed off each other's energy. BDs. 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 Yeah. BDs. Yeah. I was just like, you want this done? I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. It, it's it, going to happen. It happened. It, yeah. Wow. So I, I reckon Great. we have... Together. We together. have a shit ton of BD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two forces colliding. There we go. In fact, Mundo. Yeah. So... Obviously, a hot internet sensation right now. But speaking of BDE, we obviously, um, uh, you know, went to this David Bowie exhibit. Ton of BDE coming from that. I kept wanting to, as we were going through the exhibit yesterday, I just wanted, I kept saying magnificent weirdo. Like, just to myself. Like, in all, I mean, the exhibit's only out until, if you're in Brooklyn, it's only, I think it's only out for the next two weeks, July 14th. I think it ends or July 15th. But what an experience that was. Yes, no, I think it was um really well done i think i i'm lucky that i go to not lots and lots of exhibitions but i also used to work in an art gallery so um i could i've sort of seen both sides of it i think doing in someone like the brooklyn museum which isn't necessarily an art gallery but obviously has a lot of art and stuff it, it i think it worked really well having it in that setting because it was in homage to a lot of his like outfits and his eras mm-hmm. and his other artwork like he painted i had no idea really um his like mime like mm-hmm. so there's like this like five minute mime film which i'm sure you'll yeah. probably be able to find on youtube somewhere but um that was deep wasn't that was it like, that was like a i was experiencing i was like whoa yeah i i think a lot, a lot what, of sadness yeah i think what i got from it was he was never afraid to reinvent himself. Yeah. He was incredibly fluid and take that in absolutely every way meaning. you can write. Right, exactly. In every way you can determine that. And it is interesting that I guess as he aged, I mean, so this was really like a mixed mode exhibit where there were some, um, you know, a lot of like live performances. There were some interviews. There was some of his artwork, obviously a lot of costume. And so within that, and all the while you obviously have your headset on. So you're like going through this whole experience. And I was just like blown away by the magic i mean this is me having very little exposure to like special exhibits like this where every room you go in you know the headset the it's it's really predetermined so you're hearing what you're supposed to be hearing no matter where you're walking so i was just like perplexed by that um because i never you know splurged for paying for the special audio version of the tour so that was like a special treat for me which maybe is not that cool to other people talking about the uh audio situation um it's actually really clever it sort of followed you around as to what you were watching right so if you wanted to like tune in for example and listen to um somebody talking about his costumes or the graphic design of one of his most recent albums and stuff like that when you were stood in front of the the screen that went with that that's cool whereas if you were just walking around like it was like playing music and stuff i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. i suppose having it that way meant that you very much had your own experience right but you could equally, it's almost like a silent disco, you could take it off and then have a exactly. conversation as well. Exactly, so. yeah. So something obviously was interesting to me that I guess I also knew before is you were only somehow introduced to David Bowie, say, like, post-2006 for some reason. If you, like, only learned who he was by, like, well, Zoolander was... Yeah. Or by his death, or, like, if you watched the movie Zoolander, if you watched The Prestige or something like that, you'd be like, oh, pretty normal dude. Like, wears yeah. a lot of suits. Like, I, I think his, his androgynous style really he's really shot like really like uh, there was a lot of suits right right and especially toward the end of his career and toward right, the end of right, his life right. i think he really steered whereas like at one point i was watching like um his performance on saturday night live mm-hmm. which was fucking bizarre uh, what, cool. I mean, it was weird, like, like it's not a spinning top but almost like it, it was literally carried. like a spacesuit yeah like it was like not a spacesuit but you know it was like from 1979 i think or 1978 right. um and he was singing um marry the world yeah 
Yeah. That was... Which, by the way, I thought that song was originally done by Nirvana. I fucking thought that song was originally <laughs> done by Nirvana. I felt like... That That was a moment when I was just like, David Bowie fucking... This is David Bowie's song? I know. I was like, so confused. Weird fucking performance. Look it up on YouTube if you've never seen his SNL performance. It was a very avant-garde performance with like two people that he... were like mimes from Germany. Yes. Like cabaret scene. Um... But yeah, so it, it got us thinking really about what we've been wanting to talk about for a while, which is kind of like gender roles, our own gender roles, you know, whether we've worn more feminine or masculine hats and in what settings or situations um, we've really worn that in. And I think something that in the very binary world that I think we are still operating in, David Bowie for better or worse, I mean, I think it, it could be debatable whether that's harmful or... Yeah, um, I've got a quote from Caitlin Moran, which I read around the time that uh, David Bowie passed away, and I thought was really interesting, and I think it's really works really well with the conversation that we're going to be having today, which is, when in doubt, listen to David Bowie. In 1968, Bowie was a gay, ginger, bonkai, snaggletooth freak walking around South London in a dress, being shouted at by thugs. Four years later, he was still exactly that, but everyone else wanted to be like him too. If David Bowie can make David Bowie being cool, you can make you being cool. Plus, unlike David Bowie, you get to listen to David Bowie for inspiration, so you're one up on him, really. You're already one ahead of David Bowie. Right. That's so cool. And then at the end of the exhibit, there was this, like, periodic table of elements. Did you right, check out? Where, like, yeah, yeah. Lady Gaga was on there and all these other, like, um, fun artists that obviously were inspired by Bowie, so that was just really cool. Do you know what? Actually, I don't think I've ever... I'm showing it to Gianna, but obviously you guys can hear about it at home i have a lightning bolt tattoo on my bicep and so many people ask oh is that for david bowie it actually isn't but um i like that it's always even still now like that ziggy stardust which is arguably only what five not even five years like that was like one album run right that that character was prominent that's like one that people always sort of like go back to whereas you know they mentioned a whole bunch of them like when you're talking about his cocaine addiction mm-hmm. was it like called thin white gentleman or thin white mm-hmm. when he was in like a lot of suits um and also what i found really interesting there was like obviously some really interesting designers that i'd never heard of um, that made some of those really um, iconic outfits. But then there's also Giorgio Armani. Right, right. So, really um, spanned across the board. Right, right. I think he, he admired other people's talents and wanted to work them into his work. And by, by the sounds of things, he's very nice to work with. So I know in your case, um, you wanted to talk a little bit about the type of hobbies that you enjoy and how mm-hmm. some of that might be. So you mentioned the Amanda Knox piece. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So as I said, this one was more relating to... Um, Gamer gay and women who are talking into gaming, and I found that really interesting because I'm somebody who grew up with you know video games, computer games being sort of like part of my hobbies. Like, I had an older brother, and it was just us two, so we played a lot of games together. In fact, that's did you play with Legos? Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, my brother had Lego, and I, I had like I would play with it too. And I think, yeah, because my brother and I are quite close in age as well, so um, you know, when we were younger, we'd spend like a lot of time together, and so. You know, on one hand, you could say that my brother's hobbies influenced my own, but it's like, you know, that's what we did together. And I never want to say that I'm, like, the world's biggest gamer, the best gamer. Like, I don't play, like, MMOs. I don't... Um, at the moment, I don't have, like, a sort of plug into a television console, in fact. But I do... I, do you know what? I really enjoy, like, mobile games. And I'm not talking... You can get Crazy Taxi. You can get Grim Fandango. Like, particularly when I was younger, I played more. But it's been one of those things that I find when I talk about, like, what when I know about stuff or I can have the conversation about it, I find sometimes I'm challenged. 
And it's not necessarily just with games, like I find it in regards to music. Like I know our last podcast, we spoke about emo music and, and sort of like Fallout Boy and stuff. And when I talk about like my interest in that type of music, I don't get any it's questions not a question, right? because I was a teenage girl when that sort of stuff was big. So everyone goes, oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? I was telling Gianna of a story where I got into one of my friend's car and he was a guy and he listens to more punk music than I do. But, and the thing is, like, I don't even think he realized how it sounded when he said it. So, um, I got into his car and he was listening to the Bouncing Souls and Bouncing Souls are like a fairly popular punk band and I got in and I was like oh my god I haven't listened to the, punky, uh, the Pumpkin Souls lol that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go oh my god can we Pumpkin Souls I haven't listened to Bouncing Souls in ages and he was like you know who the Bouncing Souls are and I'm like god don't sound so so surprised by it and, and I always find I suppose more with gaming like oh you say that you like games or oh you paid a minimal attention to E3 how quickly did you complete the water temple in Zelda mm-hmm. and I'm it's just shit like that and I'm just like it's not a fucking competition um, and I find that with stuff like more masculine hobbies um, it's interesting too because as somebody who I guess was into more like traditionally feminine toys or like uh-huh. I, like my brother always played video games but yeah. I never really I never got into it like right. I remember one time I got I got a PlayStation Portable or I got like a mini, yeah, yeah, mini yeah. PlayStation or something. I had a Game Boy like when I was there, right, which right. I liked like, I like very basic like games, right. like fast pickup. But um, uh, I got a PlayStation, I was playing Spyro, which right. is like definitely more of like a story game you have to discover. And I was just uh-huh. like, what the fuck's the point of this? Like, I don't understand it. Like, I just, I think my brain was working differently, not like as a woman it was working differently just like it wasn't my you just weren't interested and that's fine um so i don't know what it's like to like have that particular experience because i i always dated people who loved fucking video games and i was like man video games boy thing is taking you away from me like like, (laughs) you know like selfishly and i never yeah i never really had a game that was like i'm all about this game interesting because yeah no i used to play as i said i used to play considerably more games um i suppose up until i left for university is when I would say I like properly played games oh. because is what I guess it's one of these things that you know I don't want to invest in a console I don't want to have a television taking up space in my room so I don't have that whereas before I'd merrily play on my brothers all the time right and then when I lived with my previous boyfriend I would play on his com- uh, like his console and stuff so and I- I've never claimed to necessarily be somebody who like knows absolutely everything because far from it you know like I'm very much I would argue quite out of the loop nowadays but it would always be one of those but you've things you've still been challenged in your experience yeah no it's just been like oh like no you're probably not very good mm-hmm. or whatever and I'm like mm, I don't think that's necessarily the case like right. you know if you've played this game for 20 hours and I've never played it before yeah but yeah you're probably gonna right. be better at than me I, I imagine it's the same for people who like sports like Gianna and I are not into sports at all at the moment it's the world cup three football games a day yeah. I am absolutely not interested at all yeah. but I imagine there'd be some people who are like oh I really enjoy football or I really enjoy tennis, which I suppose is maybe seen as a quote-unquote more feminine sport because, oh, I don't know. The female tennis players' games are actually played when it's stuff like Wimbledon or the US Open or whatever. But I, I imagine that there's some people being like, oh, you say you like football, but you don't even understand the offside rule. Just want to say, by the point, I do understand the offside rule. <laughs> and um, I've seen this meme going around recently with the... Uh, meme's the wrong word. A picture that's put on the internet. It's not funny at all, I don't think. Um... <laughs> 
going around the World Cup, which is like the offside rule rule for women, and it's like this pink and white fucking That's picture. So which I mean, it's not funny. It's crazy. And then it's them talking about handbags and shoes at the register and like when you can purchase them and who's in front of you and i'm just like no you can you can just explain the offside rule or have it on the fucking internet and basically the offside rule makes things a little bit harder if the goal's completely wide open and a defender isn't there there you go what it it boils down to i'm sure someone's gonna write in and tell me that that (laughs) very basic explanation of it is wrong explanation write me up anyway but i suppose one thing that i kind of battle with is when i have hobbies and don't get me wrong not all of my hobbies by any stretch of the imagination are considered traditionally masculine like i i love playing with makeup i love playing with style but do you know what i find was interesting is i was saying to gianna like i have quite a tactile side to me which i don't always necessarily explore but i find that makeup and fashion they are very tactile are, are yeah. sort of like a way for me to do something like physically and you know yeah when i'm like yeah woo, i enjoy putting these shelves up because right right it's, it's like a task it's a project project that's that a little, little inside joke there, <laughs> that no i i i do think that like those things have their common interest mm-hmm. because you have a tactile side I don't think I have a tactile side which is why I'm not into makeup like even right. though maybe I am more quote-unquote feminine when it comes to being emotional mm-hmm. or things like that I think I'm more masculine when it comes to like how I present myself or how right. much I invest in my appearance but again we're using these buckets that like are not real that we've created right let's just recognize that yeah, yeah, yeah um i'm not like there are plenty of men who are very invested in their appearance and, yeah and work on that more and pay more attention to that well, i suppose that like, like, you could argue the gym is something where right. you're is very tactile right and is focused right. on appearance well a lot of people have it so they're focused on appearance or judge their results by their appearance right, right. Um, which is like a whole whole other, other thing but yeah no it's one of those things where like i have hobbies such as or interests that like for example gaming like i i enjoy playing games and also although i do think with casual gaming um it's becoming more of a thing also when speaking about gaming i will get off this the term girl gamer really annoys me because that means i only like right the dominant is just gamer by itself just means man and right it has to be associated with right exactly and i'm just like don't get me wrong i fucking love cooking dash cooking dash Ooh, is fun the yes, boy but it's one of those things where yes i probably play cooking dash every day just because again the levels they're like two minutes long mm-hmm. if i'm waiting for something cool i'm gonna play this game right. whereas instead of like turning on a fucking console and everything but i find like i almost feel guilty for that's the game that i will sometimes just pick up and play because it's like oh but it's about cooking so mm-hmm. fine whatever like oh we want to play cooking mama no i don't want to play yeah. cooking mama or whatever right whereas yeah. i'm like you know i could just as easily on the same cons like i have an ipad pro just as easily pick up grim fandango and play right. that which is right. like a puzzle game um which right. was made by well, lucas arts really really fun game by the way guys i think um cooking mama which is a game that i enjoy right it, the reason is not because it's about fucking preparing a meal. It's because it's like an instant gratification. It's like, I'm going to build this and then this game is done. You know, right. like it's, it's it's like just one it's of those quick, quick like yeah. arcade style games. Like I right. like, I like right. arcade winner, winner, loser right, right, games. Right, 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 like right. I don't like storytelling games, which is like weird for like me because I'm games. a, right, which is weird because I'm a liter, lit major. I'm like an English person, but right. I don't go to that medium for that kind of story if i'm going to play a game right. i want there to be a winner i want there to be like a clear goal i want to collect as many coins as possible like that right, kind like of sonic that kind or, of thing yeah yeah, yeah got um it. but i again i think that's just more of a personal preference like it's 
fucking stupid to associate that with like oh it's about cooking right yeah really? exactly like, no really i mean because i think a lot of people started in games such as mario or even like mario kart or stuff mm-hmm. like because they're mario more tired or to- mario mario Got it. uh <laughs> i i didn't stutter mario but yeah mario. No, you know i i think that whole sort of like level game but then you know there's like games such as that i really enjoy like rockstar games like grand theft auto mm-hmm. and the new red dead redemption i'm really excited right. for whereas, which are more traditionally masculine games i would think yeah cool. okay. uh, yeah but the thing is what i find really interesting about those games is i think it incorporates that sort of like open world sort of style thing Whereas, like, you know, when you go on a quote-unquote mission, right. you can then complete that mission for, like, 20 minutes, then leave it. Or right. if you're like, oh, I haven't got that much time today, I'll, like, fuck around with some, like, the side quests. Like, I really enjoy completing the side quests just to, like, because, again, that's sort of... Maybe it's maybe we've just got really bad attention spans, but... <laughs> well, that's why I think I don't like games. Right. That's why I think I don't get invested in games, because right. I get so fucking bored so quick. I'm like, right. meh, I don't care. Like, if I can't figure it out, and and I mean, that's part of, I can't do the shelves. If I can't figure it out in three seconds, like, I don't want to do it, which is just, like, a laziness thing. Right. It's a personal problem, but, like, to me, like, that example, like, I couldn't even understand the directions, so (laughs) for me to, like, even try to unpack the whole terminology of this situation, and will I ever learn if I never try? No, so I need to try, but it's just, it's, eh. But for me, I think for me. Yeah, no, let's talk about you. I don't know what to talk about. I think it's interesting because I don't really have that kind of experience. I feel like I don't also just don't have like these clear cut hobbies of like right. here's what I really like and people are like I think my hobbies maybe more are more like traditionally feminine. Like mm-hmm. I like to write and listen to music and like do more emotional, like detail kind of tasks. But even with the music that I like, I have found that I think you definitely like more hardcore music than me or mm-hmm. have liked more hardcore. I'm not saying I've never liked a screamo band. Like I no, have I liked know. a screamo band, but like, you know, my end all be all is like, give me, give me every death cap album. I will be involved in that. But right, just right. because I cry. And, and when I expose that to people, or, you know, like when people find that out, I've definitely been like, well, of course you do. Of course you like the national. Of course you like that. Of course you like the Of course it's like, right. Well, of course it's, that almost takes away from my just preference of the band. I think they're talented musicians. Right. Do I... Maybe when I was 13, put me in that box, but, like, I'm 26 years old now. Like, I don't think it's... Because yeah. I need a sad boy singing to me. I, I think I think they're talented musicians, you know? Right, like, exactly. I think it's layered and there's a difference. And so saying, of course, I like that kind of music, uh, like, undercuts why I like it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, and I definitely have felt that way... I feel like my slights, whereas yours have been more in, like, hobbies and specific, like, digs at that end, mine have been more like, well, can't take you seriously because you're overly emotional, or this decision is going to be based on emotion, or... You, you, you acted this way before, you're going to act this way again. Um, especially when it comes to dating, I've found that like some of my friends, and th- this is also women, women can, you know, garner some toxic masculinity as well. Yeah, sure. Um, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I find it interesting that, I don't know, like with dating, I found that they don't trust me now because I've done X, Y, and Z or made certain mistakes. So they're like, well, you know, you can't do this because you're already in love with this person or blah, blah, blah. You, you can't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, just because I am having an emotional experience with something doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's zero to 60. You know, right. I experience things differently than other people. No, I think sometimes people don't uh, acknowledge your growth. And maybe yeah. that's what you're battling with when, people, right. when you go, oh, okay, so you've been in two long-term relationships, so therefore the next guy that you're seeing you're going to be in a long-term relationship whereas you're like 
maybe not. Maybe right. not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, right. not. maybe so. Maybe not. You know. Right. And, and maybe it's one of those things that I then get a bit more uh, protective when I'm talking about stuff that I find interesting. Which because I think potentially why I get offended is maybe too strong of a word. But I get my back up when people are like, "Oh, you like this?" It's like I think they're questioning my motives. They don't think I like it just because I like it, just because it's something I'm interested in. It's oh, you like this because your ex boyfriend like this, or oh, you right. like this because you want to impress me, right. or oh, you like this because you want to impress other guys and be quirky and cool and different and be like you you know you see those memes where it's like a girl says that she gets on better with guys than girls and then it's just a picture of like a girl with a bunch of sausages in her mouth you know that britney phil and vine you know you can look it up yeah. I, I swear i've referenced britney phil and vines on here before anyway <laughs> but it's stuff like that where i'm like you know i i have a mixed bag of friends whether they're male and female but I suppose that's something different, but I'm always like, why is my motive for something that I'm just interested in? And sometimes, you know, it's not even that deep when I'm like, oh yeah, like I used to play that game, like I played Red Dead 1. I'd be interested to play Red Dead 2. I enjoyed myself. Oh, you're just saying that because meh, meh, meh. No, absolutely not. And I suppose potentially coding and sort of internet stuff is something where it can definitely be attributed to a quote-unquote more masculine. Yeah thing whereas well and it's funny too that that is masculine whereas like okay it might be a masculine thing but it's a nerdy thing so right when i think about masculinity i think like traditional masculinity it's like ooh, like i'm gonna beat you up i got muscles i'm at the gym it's funny that there's different sex now but it's like right it's still it's it's still layered and and fucked up in its own way it's like our definition of masculinity has changed but it's like still carried this wave of arrogance with it. That if anything has been consistent, it's like arrogant <laughs> confidence, I think. Right. Um, not to be confused with genuine BDE, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think... Like, it's almost more academic than it right. is like... I think people are past the masculine stereotype of I'm strong or I need to, you know, take you out or buy you... I mean, not take me out, buy me dinner or whatever, hey. <laughs> but like... You know what I'm saying? And right. that has changed to be like a different type of toxic, quote unquote, toxic masculinity mm. in a way where it's now like, I'm just, hold on, I, I'm just so hot, I can't even finish my thought. <laughs> it's like, very I warm in here, guys. from my body. I just... <sighs> but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think if it's sort of, well, if it's like beta masculinity that they're even still holding on to that like oh you can't possibly do this because this is this is my thing and you can't do it you can't right. take this away from me right. i don't want you to I, I guess definitely linking back to that um broadly amanda knox video where she's talking like oh it's almost like a last bastion of masculinity and to take something which has told you that you're going to save the world and everybody's going to fall at your feet and you're the only one that can do this have somebody take that away from you is probably not great if you feel like it, IRL you're not you're not that right well it's interesting too because I'm thinking about like I've definitely obviously been in a situation where just talking about toxic masculinity for a little bit where I'm mm -hmm. very like keyed in one of my I feel like I've definitely said this before where my number one turn off is just blind arrogance right um, just off the bat it, women men whatever but like right. it, in work situations I find that I guess maybe it's because I don't surround myself with these really, like, macho guys or whatever. But even right. even colleagues of mine that are close in age to me, I found that, like, I'll get really annoyed with this one guy who just, like, has blatantly, like, took credit for my ideas before and acts like acts like he's doing me a favor. Like, one day he we'll said something. We'll get your idea. Right. Like, or he said something like, 
you know, I'm really mindful of your, I want to be really mindful of your time. So like, I'm just going to answer all these emails or do these things. And I'm just like, well, you're actually just like disempowered me and taking work away from me as opposed to like letting me own it. Or I, mm. I'm trying not to be too specific. Oh, I don't know. And th- these are guys where I'm like, I think that they're trying to almost assert masculinity in a way and like be an alpha because maybe they never were that alpha right. like in high school or growing up because these are not the guys that I would pin as that. Right. And it's always shocking. And, and that's why I find that it's not, for me, it's less of like a blatant like, you're a girl, why are you playing a video game? And much, I've found lately in the last few years, my experience has just been much more nuanced. It's right, like, right. It's like very backhanded to the point where if I, almost like a microaggression to where if I tried to call it out, it would be much more difficult because I'm like, well, what are you just not taking me seriously in a very, uh, in a very layered, um, right. murky way. And I've talked about this in other work settings. Like, you know, if we're too equivalent, we both have the same job title, right. but you ask me to book a meeting on your calendar or me to type the notes at the meeting or me to order the food for the meeting. You know, these are like small examples of like, right. you are maybe not consciously putting me in this category of like, well, why aren't, why don't you take the fucking notes? Like you're putting yeah. me in this like secretary role. Like I'm right, going to order the right. food. I'm going to book the meeting. I'm going to do this. And I'm very like, I'm very sensitive toward that. Maybe to, I would, I don't want to say to a fault, but like I, I get hypersensitive about that kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, this is like a road to you eventually not taking me seriously or right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I think in those situations, if you're like, cool, we have these four things that need to be sorted. If they go, which two would you like to do? Or yeah, let's do these together. Like what, you know, have you done this part before? So maybe, you know, the person that you need to speak to for the catering or whatever it may be. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think there's definitely a way to be like, cool. We have these tasks that we need to complete because we are equals. Um, equals. Right. right. But yeah, no, I, I think I suppose with work and BDE is just a whole, a whole other, a different ball game. Because in my position, I find sometimes that, so my job is more or less to help people. Mm-hmm. And I find that sometimes that can get very much uh, misconstrued. And because I'm not in charge of their pay, mm-hmm. I'm not taken seriously. What I ask is not, and I get to the point where I'm like do you think I give a shit about your place of like your branch no I couldn't give a shit do I do you think I care about da 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 no I fucking couldn't care less however I'm doing my job so enable me to help you and I I, yeah and the thing is is like I want to help you like this does not help me in any way it helps you out so Mm -hmm. can you not just get clued in on that and I find sometimes um I, I, I don't know if it comes down to the fact of like, well, I get, they and they get paid more than me. And I'm just like, why am I chasing you? For, and I'm like, I'm, I work here part time. Why am, why am I chasing you for something to help you out? Yeah. Like, I, no, you, I, you're on a fucking salary and I'm not. Yeah. So how about you just fucking answer the fucking email? Mm-hmm. Because that would be great. Because I just get to the point where I'm just like, you know, well, I really couldn't give a shit about how this affects you because clearly you don't think what I'm doing is important. Well, yeah, and I think it's similar to what I'm describing too. It's like there's these situations where somebody in a superior position to you, I'm doing things to benefit that person and that person is taking credit for everything. Right. Or not being as proactive as they should be and then we're left, you and like people like you and me are left like kind of cleaning up and caring about the work so much that we end up doing it and then it's like, well, why? why am I automatically like this this saver helper like right. why am I automatically going into that mode 
for something or someone that is ne- not necessarily going to mm-hmm. reciprocate that. And that's how I thought a lot with friendships, with relationships, um, mm-hmm. even planning things. I found, you know, and this is something that I had written down to talk about. Like, I find that lately my struggle is I worry about making people happy all the time. Right. And making sure everybody's comfortable. I'm not saying I'm a selfless person. I'm a self, I am a selfish person because I think that it's actually rooted in like, I want to be liked. I want to be accepted. So I want everybody else to have a good time. And that's where my indecisiveness is rooted. And like, I just feel like I'm always worried about that. And, And people have told me that, but it's like, well, what's the... What's the fucking solution? I don't know how to... Yeah. Like, even planning, and that, like, we're talking about what to do for 4th of July. Um, and I'm like, ooh, I want to make sure Alice is happy. I want to make sure John is happy. I want to make sure Chelsea... You know, all my friends, because... I don't know. And that's... Maybe in a weird way, I do feel like that's still rooted in this accommodating um, persona. Su- submissive, in a way. I don't... I would not consider myself a submissive person. I think I have mm. a lot of masculine qualities in that, like, I'm outspoken and outgoing mm-hmm. and more dominant. Like, I say what's on my mind, but... I do think that when it comes to the wanting to be liked, accepted, or making people feel comfortable, that's something that I think that a lot of, I'm just going to do a sweeping generalization here, a lot of men don't have. Right. I'm not saying not, hashtag not all men, but like, you know what I mean? Where it's, it wouldn't even be an afterthought to somebody else. Right. Who maybe like wasn't raised the same way. Right. Or, or you know, societally raised the same way. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, but, you know, what better time to talk about BDE masculinity than America's independence. Fourth of July, baby. It's Fourth of July week slash weekend upcoming. So any other final thoughts we want to wrap on before I have to, you know, I've got major swamp bass, major swamp titty going on. Oh, I really got to change my clothes. So. Yeah, absolutely. I guess throwing it out to everybody else, like, I feel like we've, we've covered a lot and um, gone a few different directions with this one. I think... Does like anybody... a specific ho- hobby or something yeah. that's challenged outright. Yeah, no, I'd be really interested to hear, like, because as I said, Gianna and I aren't particularly into sports at all. Um, if there's anybody who is particularly into sports, do you ever feel, like, uncomfortable or that it's, um, that your your intentions are questioned? I think that's what annoys me the most, is that my intentions are what are being questioned, rather than, like... As you I could said, actually enjoy it. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. can I not just enjoy this? Like, it, it doesn't have to be that deep, she mm-hmm. says, after speaking about it for an hour on a podcast. <sighs> um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd be really interested to hear other people's experiences. And as I said, you know, I think, well, going back to David Bowie, I think he did not give a fuck. Yeah. Or maybe he did, but he just did it anyway, which is, I think, maybe what's good for you is if you're like yeah it's good to be in tune and aware and hashtag woke but being like okay i understand this but you know i'm gonna do it anyway yeah hashtag self-care yeah there you go what about you any final thoughts for yourself final thoughts you know this this idea of big dick energy really exploded at an interesting time Uh um and just goes to show that we are getting more and more away from traditional modes and models of that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but still tied to it. Like, why are we still saying big dick energy? You know, like, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that was just, like, a fun thing that the internet did, which which saved us all, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose on one hand, do do, do we want to unpack the the language used in big dick energy? Yeah. 
But I do feel that being said, with big dick energy, it's very much like you don't have to be a man. You don't have to have a big dick to have big right. dick energy. Right. But the fact that it's called big dick energy. Right. It's not neutral. Rather than confidence. Right. Or, <laughs> or big, big vag energy. Right. Exactly. Big pussy energy. Yeah. But I feel like even exploring that, there'd be some people rolling their eyes like, why do you always have that? Ain't that deep? Yeah. But I'm like, well, like, do we, do we want to think about where language is rooted into or? Absolutely. Yeah. Or not, but I suppose that's a, a whole other thing. Topic for a different day. A different day in an apartment with central air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, we're off, lads. Tatty but See, I said lads. Body. Said lads. Lads, guys, dudes. Ooh, yeah, guys. I always say guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Anyway, right. We love you. We want you to talk to us soon. Dearbroadabroad at gmail.com. Dearbroadabroad. Tell us about your experience fitting into or breaking out of gender roles, please. And thank you. Bye! Bye! Oh, nice. Cardi B. Big damage.